Hi there. How are you doing? <laughs> yeah, one of those nights. Not too bad. Not too bad. I suppose it's a one-time offer for him, not for me. What do you mean? Getting to call you Cathy. Yes, it is. Thank you very much, Jonathan. Jonathan's just about leaving the studio now, so <laughs> on we go. What do you want to talk about? Oh, well, look, I've been down to Parliament today um, because in one of several events to mark 30 years of existence, the Government Broadcasting Funding Agency New Zealand On Air had a, a do at Parliament today hosted by the Broadcasting Minister, and this was to release a bunch of research and a, a discussion paper. And the backdrop to this is, I guess, that the... Uh, Broadcasting Minister, as we've mentioned on Media Watch many, many times, he's doing this review of broadcasting and media policy behind the scenes. So we were wondering whether he might drop some hints about that, but he didn't. Uh, but the New Zealand on air thing, um, I mean, initially you would think it wasn't much to do with uh, the upcoming review of policy because what they were releasing was a kind of reprise to mark their 30 years of a survey they did right at the start when the old Broadcasting Commission as was was formed that became New Zealand On Air. They surveyed New Zealanders, what are they like, what would they want from the media? So they've repeated that exercise to mark this anniversary. Um, but that's a bit looking back, although you know it is fun to, to, I guess, compare the past with the present. But they've also dropped into the debate a discussion paper based on some of the findings from uh, this research of the present time, uh, which they say sets out some of the issues and uh, that we need to confront as a wider industry and to mull over. Um, and one of these things, well, this is actually the sort of headline statement they've made in that discussion paper. Um, the New Zealand media will only survive the onslaught of global media giants by acting collectively to create the content audiences want and to make it easier for them to find and enjoy it. New Zealand on air funded content is just a fraction of the local media content consumed today, but we can lead. Uh, we can't make an impact without a collective industry response. So it's actually recognising that, that term, the, the onslaught of the global media giants, it knows that part of the context of what's going on now is this kind of really existential crisis that some of our particular commercial media companies face. Uh, what does that mean, though, in real terms? They didn't really say what they're going to fund. Well, no, they don't. But what they, where they're pointing to the issues that really need to be confronted, uh, it's interesting, some of their key findings in this uh, discussion document. So, for example, uh, it says... Um, New Zealanders want news and media that's independent and informative. This, you know, not very surprising finding, I suppose. But from this research New Zealand survey of 1,650-odd New Zealanders, and they're saying this is an area for New Zealand on air because news media environment is fragile, they say, and needs further funding intervention. Um, they say here, to be fair, journalists always get a bad rap right down there with car salesmen and politicians, uh, but there may be a message here for commercial news media that are struggling to survive. New Zealanders want less clickbait, more serious reporting. It's vital to a functioning democracy. Due to the failing market, New Zealand on air has an active interest in further investment in journalism uh, and the serious current affairs that are the higher cost outputs the industry is struggling to fund. So they're, they're, they're highlighting things. I mean, everybody actually knows, but in a sense, no harm in highlighting this with this policy review underway. Um, another finding, again, which would seem to be completely obvious, which is but really interesting, around 40% of people reported they wanted ad-free viewing. Um, New Zealand on air says what we don't know is whether they're actually prepared to pay for it. Uh, and they note the rise of Netflix and so on, which is ad-free uh, viewing for people paying a subscription uh, for their streaming services. Uh, they say it's unlikely they would pay a subscription to view local content. Um, in the case of New Zealand on air, funded content, the current policy requires free to view somewhere in that, that mix. So they're saying the alternative of an ad-free ad platform, if that's what New Zealanders really want, 
would require significant government investment, but fragmented audiences won't suddenly converge on one, one platform if created. Um, so, you know, there they're saying, well, yeah, we know we know what you say you want, but um, the market is difficult. But no, as I say, no harm in decision makers looking at this. And one of the funny things is, is that um, they've also posted links to the original reports uh, that I mentioned there from 30 years ago that they're kind of updating and reprising. And actually some of those, it's it's like an old sort of typed up fax um, was prepared by Saatchi and Saatchi in this PDF document. But that says, uh, for example here, um, much criticism leveled at the overexposure of US sitcoms, uh, insufficient overseas news coverage, uh, numerous repeats, too much advertising, too much emphasis on rugby rather than a cross-section of sport. So that, that, uh, uh, that's peppered through that old 1989 report that people then were fed up with the ad breaks. And uh, here we are, 30 years later, with New Zealanders, when are still saying we would like ad-free television, and yeah, we still don't have it. Well, what do we want? Uh, well, quite a few things, according to this this report. But one thing we could throw a few things into the pot, couldn't we? Oh, we certainly could. But uh, one thing that's fascinating is their report. This will worry New Zealand on air. Says less than one half of New Zealanders believe New Zealand-made content currently shapes and re- reflects our national identity. Less than one half. Yeah, I mean, of us. should it be broadcasting's role to shape our national identity? I don't necessarily think so. But given that that's part of their mission, that's a worry. And they also say. Um, one in four New Zealanders watch New Zealand content because it reflects and informs their view of our national identity. Others do so just because of its entertainment and information value. But one that really will bug New Zealand on air was was that almost one in two people say they don't seek out or watch uh, New Zealand content at all. Um, and I'm not sure that could possibly be right. That's aside from news and sport, for example. But dramas, documentaries are saying we don't we don't do it. We're happy with overseas stuff or whatever else we get, or people that simply don't watch a lot of television. So that would be a worrying finding for New Zealand on air. Very much so. I wonder how many people they research, but that's another story. Yeah. So tell me about better public media, who they are and what they want. Well, there are, this is coincidental, I think, but today, uh, the same day as the New Zealand On Air research, they also commissioned the self-same company, Research New Zealand, uh, to, um, to, to have, with their own um, views of a smaller sample. This is 1,000 uh, people and what they want. And they say its opinion polling shows strong support for non-commercial TV. Um, They say, look, we know this policy review's ongoing. Uh, Their director, Miles Thomas, said no one seems to be asking the public much what they want, so we thought we'd do it. Um, Their key finding, almost two-thirds of 1,000 people supported ad-free weekends on TVNZ1. Six out of ten wanted the whole state-owned channel completely non-commercial. Only one in ten didn't like the idea. Um, But, of course, this is an idea that whenever this is raised, well, you know, you do realise that would slice a whole lot of revenue, hundreds of millions uh, out of TVNZ, uh, which would go back into the rest of the marketplace or to competitors. So there's a double cost in doing that, the cost of funding the content for a non-commercial channel and the foregone revenue. Uh, But another option people asked about, just the idea, taxing big tech companies like Facebook and Google to support New Zealand programs and media, um, expanding RNZ to include ad-free TV, the old RNZ Plus argument, the idea of merging TVNZ, RNZ, Māori Television, those were not as popular as the simple uh, rolling out the commercials from uh, TVNZ1. Uh, But fairly substantial numbers of their sample saying uh, that they were happy with this. And interestingly also uh, strong support for the idea of an app or streaming service uh, to carry New Zealand programs. Um, 
a kind of yeah, streaming streaming TVNZ sort of channel, um, which is a nice idea. But you know, as we've discovered recently on Media Watch, when we've looked at the issue, that's really difficult because even the publicly funded programs, which are very public service in nature, are pretty much owned by the producers that make them under the terms of the funding deal, and they like to be able to sell them on to other platforms. So without the rights, uh, that idea probably wouldn't fly. But um, interesting poll nonetheless. So when is Chris Whaafoi, the Broadcasting Minister, going to make this long-awaited announcement? Well, we've been nagging the Minister's office for even a hint of, of the date. Uh, so far, it's been said a lot in the media that by the end of the year, uh, that hasn't been contradicted by his office, but we don't have any guarantees on, on that at all. So uh, they, they certainly haven't contradicted that, so I'm still expecting they'll unveil something. But what we don't know is whether it will be a truly comprehensive look at how we spend our money on public broadcasting and public media or simply a, a you know a recalibration of whatever they're prepared to fund each state-owned outlet or New Zealand On Air itself. Because, you know, the interesting thing about New Zealand On Air doing all this research about what people want is that this policy review thing, if it was to be truly comprehensive, could completely reimagine the role of New Zealand on air, even replace it with something, you know, who, who knows? So uh, it remains to be seen how comprehensive this uh, this review they're doing really is. And the UK High Commissioner, Laura Clark, has been doing the rounds. <laughs> yes, she has. I mean, she's never been that hard to get hold of, but I was a bit puzzled to see, um, in fact, she'd been in the news a lot because of the um, Tuia 250 um, commemorations, and she was the one who, who went there and, and made that, um, well, not apology, but that expression of regret uh, for what happened 250 years ago. Uh, but yeah, she was on both of the New Zealand on air-funded TV politics shows uh, this week, The Nation and Q&A on TVNZ1. And as both interviews got underway, I found a really frustrating experience because both of them tried to engage on the upcoming British election and uh, foreign policy, Boris Johnson, that sort of thing, even trade policy. And there's nothing that she can really say about that. As, as, a, as an ambassador, um, unless she was going to be particularly loose. I mean, they simply serve to promote government policy and foreign policy specifically for their home country. Then She's never going to say anything much. And in fact, Laura Clark made that clear right at the start of uh, her interview on The Nation in this clip. We soon go into perda, which means um, everyone has to keep quite low-key in media terms and not do anything that could be construed as interfering um, in that election or trying to influence it in any way. And so you can't really tell us what you think the likely scenarios are then? I don't think I'm going to... I've long given up trying to predict what's going to happen in in, in British politics. Um, Mm, so I was sitting there like an old crank saying, oh, why on earth? You know, particularly when I saw this, the same start of the second interview on TVNZ's Q&A the next day, thinking, oh, why on earth are they, are they doing this? But it did get more interesting when um, uh, Jack Tame on TVNZ uh, brought up the question which uh, the nation the previous day had just touched on, that she's made this big priority of uh, building the UK's relationship with Maoridom and taking a delegation to the UK to visit British museums. And Jack Tame on Q&A asked her this about um, Māori human remains still held in British museums. Is it acceptable for the British Museum to continue to hold on to Māori human remains despite requests for those remains to be returned to New Zealand? I'd have to check that, but I'm pretty sure that the policy is that Māori human remains are returned. There is, according so, to the British Museum, the, the, yeah. according to their 
online resources. Yeah. There are mokomokai, which are um, preserved tattooed Māori heads that that, re- that remain part of the British Museum's collection. Ah, oh, that's interesting. So, because I understood that actually remains were re- were repatriated some, and had some have from some museums. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But those okay. remain. I'm not. To the I don't Museum. know okay. about that, but yeah. The- Mm. So he caught her out a little bit there, and seeing as she had said this was a, an absolute priority uh, for her uh, to build a UK engagement with Māori Dim, and you know, this was a personal thing she was going to pursue, and she, made, she said, we're going to take delegations to museums. Interesting that she didn't know that, but it was disappointing. Jack Tame didn't really pursue that, because there you suddenly had a bit of a point in a news story, and he went on to ask her this rather silly question about... Um, whether the English players in the Rugby World Cup um, final had dishonoured their nation by rejecting their silver medals. The weekend, I can imagine, um, was a little bit difficult. Would you have anticipated a higher level of sportsmanship from the English rugby players who refused to wear their silver medals? Ah, um... No, I think everyone's an individual. Uh, you know, they take their own approach. Um, I think that it must be incredibly disappointing for them, uh, having done so well in the semi-finals, had such a good tournament. Um, but you know, ultimately, I, I'm not sure that, that necessarily represents them not being good losers. I think you know, I think you can read too much into these things. Well, she's a diplomat, isn't she, Colin? Yeah, I know, but that's, I mean, there, clearly that's something she can loosen up and express an opinion, give a bit back to him, but, you know, they're so, and when I'm listening to that, I'm thinking, you know, she would have, I lived in the UK in Tony Blair's era, and there were so many public figures who suddenly started speaking just like that, just trying to kind of make a, emit a tone of, of non-controversy and not really answer any questions, even on something like that, and I thought she really could have, but I, I have to t- kind of take it back, because later in the day, by pure chance, I stumbled upon a speech that she gave at my old high school on Anzac Day to um, to the, the boys of the college. And she was invited and she gave a speech about, um, she said, I hesitate as a 40-year-old woman to give advice to young men like you, but I'm going to give it a go anyway. And then gave a really good personal excellent speech the likes of which I can't recall anyone ever making it at my high school in the many many years ago that I was there about empathy respecting women and building friendship and love with your own friends um, it was an excellent uh, excellent speech and so I, I completely take it back that she's just some sort of Tony Blair kind of diplo speak clone so um, yeah I, I take it all back Oh, well, she'll thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much, Colin. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Sure, and I actually posted a link to that speech on the um, Midweek Media Watch page on the Media Watch page of the RNZ website. If you'd like to read it, I, I do recommend it. Very good.